So I want you to, uh, if you're not standing, go ahead and stand. And let me read to you out of Proverbs 29, verse 18. God has a vision for you. God has a plan for you. Not just for Pastor Jeff, who's called to pastor a church. But you. God has a vision for you. And the local church and you are what God uses to bring about his plan. Now let me read Proverbs 29, 18 one more time. And it says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. But he that keeps the law is happy. Everybody say, I like happy. He that keeps the law or who walks in the word of God will be happy. Father, thank you for your word today and we pray your blessing on the word of God. I pray that, Lord, you will impart to the hearer's hearts the vision that you have given Turning Point Church. I pray, Lord, that you will impart vision supernaturally, that you will ignite our hearts with one mind, one heart, one vision, one purpose, one goal, so that we together as one body can move forward and advance the kingdom of God and the earth as you've called us to do. And Lord, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Now, can you breathe a prayer, church, and say, Lord, speak to me. I receive the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Amen. Now, as we saw last time, without a vision, your life is not a life of aim, but it's really an aimless life without a vision. God gives vision. God gives vision. Without a vision, people die. I really do believe that having a vision for your life, which means you have an understanding of what God has called you to do, you have an understanding of God's goal and plan for your life, that's a vision. When God reveals to you what he had in his mind when he saved you. And it was more than just heaven. But it was ministry here on earth, as we're about to see. God has a plan for us here and now. And so when you understand that plan, then you've got a vision. You've got a vision. But without a vision, people die. And you know what? So do churches. Without a vision, a church or a ministry will die. That's why I will often repeat and rehearse what the vision of this house is because we need to understand we're here for a reason. Now, it's, there, it's one thing to know how to do a thing. You know, you can know how to put together a church. You can know how to put together a business. You can know how to marry somebody. But you know what? It's another thing entirely when you know why. Knowing how comes from instruction. Knowing why comes from vision. Our God gives vision. He tells us why. Why are you here at Turning Point Church? Why did God birth Turning Point? Why did he give us this church? Why did he do this? All that we see around us, all the people we're reaching out, what was the why in God's mind? I guarantee you this, if you've got a vision that didn't originate with God, that vision is going to leave you disappointed and empty-handed. But God's vision will fulfill you. God painted a vivid picture for his own people who had forsaken him and chased after their own vision. He spoke through Jeremiah the prophet, and he said, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, 
the spring of living water, and they have dug their own. Now that's the key word, their own. They dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns or jars that cannot hold water. God is saying to them, you've drifted from me. And when you drifted from me and the life-giving water that I give, then, 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 and you turn to a vision of your own making, your own design, you're chasing your own dreams and not God's dream. God said it's going to leave you frustrated like a broken jar that always winds up empty. But God's vision for us is fulfilling. I love being in the epicenter of the will of God and doing the will of God for my life. God's got a will for you, a plan for you. But does that empty jar describe your life? Do you feel like every time you turn around, you're winding up empty and you're feeling frustrated with life and how come I'm not experiencing joy and fulfillment and peace and and, and where is it all? Listen, stay tuned. God's got an answer for you and it has to do with local church. When God starts something, he always begins with a vision. He always begins with what we might call a dream. He starts with a vision for those he chooses for an assignment. When God starts something, it begins with, here's what I want to do. Here's where it's going to end up. Here's what I want you to make as your goal. Here's what I want you to shoot for. Here is my purpose and my design and my destiny for you. And he gives you a vision. When I was 18 years old, God gave me a vision for my life. I knew that I was called to preach. I knew I was called to reach people. And, and, and he gave me a vision. And that vision has carried me all of these years. That vision has carried me. And it's only getting worse. As in good. As in better. Jesus said to his disciples when first calling them on the shores of Galilee. Watch this. Jesus said, follow me. But he didn't stop there. He went on and gave them a vision. Look what he said. Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. He didn't just say, start following me around, but he said, if you follow me, I've got a vision for your life, and here's what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to make you to become something you'd have never been if you had not followed me. I'm going to make you to become. That phrase is so powerful. It means to emerge, to transition from one condition into another condition entirely. You can't follow Jesus and not be changed. You can't follow Jesus and not be different. You can't follow Jesus and not be transformed. And he will make you to become something you would never have been if you had not followed him. So the vision the Lord gave to Peter, James, John, Andrew, and the rest of the disciples was if you follow me... Not only am I going to change you from within, but I'm going to change you from without. You're going to go from fishing for fish to fishing for men. I'm going to totally change your life. And they followed him, and they lost themselves in the plan and the purpose and vision of God for them. And this vision that Jesus showed them revealed the purpose for which they had been born. If you had walked up to Peter and said, hey, Peter, what were you born to do before he ever met Jesus? He would have said, well, I was born to fish. But that was only part of it. He was born to fish for men. And it took Jesus showing up in his life to reveal what his real purpose was. And folks, you and I are the same way. We will assume we're called to do 
one particular thing until we meet God. And then God says, here's what I have called you to do. Here's my purpose for you. Here's what I had in mind when I made you. Jesus, who was God in flesh, began his work with these men by first giving them a vision for their life. Now, when God called Kathy and I to start TPC, he gave us a vision for what he wanted to do. I didn't ever think I would reach 10 years and Kathy not be here. But let me tell you something. I believe that she is aware. I believe that she is fully aware of what's happening today. And I believe she's rejoicing with us in heaven. I really do. Amen. Amen. But he, he gave us a vision when he told us to start TPC. And then he began to add people to us who had the same vision. And I want to share that vision with you today. We've always described our purpose at TPC with three words. I want you to say them with me. In-reach, outreach, upreach. Let me quickly define those. In-reach is all about building Christ and God's people through discipleship. That's the purpose of the local church. Outreach is about taking Jesus to all people through evangelism. And upreach is leading God's people into God's presence through worship. And anything we do in this church it always has to do with one of those three, inreach, outreach, or upreach. But today, I want to pull in tight on inreach. And I want to talk to you about inreach. Because inreach, when, when good inreach happens, when Jesus is formed in God's people, the other two, outreach and upreach, happen as a byproduct. So let me talk to you about inreach. Inreach is all about bringing God's people into spiritual maturity, which Paul describes beautifully in the next few verses. Listen to this. He's going to tell us all about local church. He's going to tell us why you're here, why I'm here, what, what he intends with Turning Point and with every local church that he is really on. Here's God's purpose. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, and it's five different gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now notice it says Jesus gave those to the church and the church is you. He gave those to the church. And then it goes on. Verse 12, their responsibility, their calling is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Why did God give apostles, prophets, evangelists and pastors like me and teachers like me. Why, why do he do it? Why do he give them to the church? So that God's people would be equipped to do the work of the ministry. You know, if you were raised in church, then you probably had the concept that whoever the minister was was the one that did all the ministry. He, he married, he buried, he prayed, he preached. The minister who the church hired was to do all the work of the ministry and the people were just to listen and amen and go home. And that's why so many preachers break down after 10 years. Because notice that God's vision for the church is not for the preacher to do it all, not for the minister to do, to do it all, but God gave the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to the church. Why? So that they would be equipped, made ready, prepared, armed to do the work of ministry to the body of Christ, to build it up. So I want you to say with me, I've got a call in my life. Now that's about five of you. I want the rest of you to say it with me. I've got a call on my life. See, see, my, I'm here. 
I'm here, God has called me to convince you that you are called to do the work of the ministry and not sit soaking sour in a pew until Jesus comes back. Now it gets better, verse 13. This will continue until, I love that word until, because here comes God's second purpose for the church. Until we all come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In other words, spiritual grown-ups. So notice, God gives the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to the church for two reasons. One of them is within and the other one is without. The within part is so that we would all grow up spiritually into the fullness of the stature of Christ. But then without that we would, as we grow, begin to reach out and touch others with the gift that God has given us and and that our lives would count for God in the body of Christ and in the world. Within becoming like Jesus, without reaching others with Jesus. That's God's in-reach vision for the body of Christ. Now I want to show you how this in-reach is accomplished with a simple illustration that we're going to put on the screen that I admit to you I'm stealing from Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church. But I want you to look at this because I can't think of a better way to, to show you why we're here. How many of you want to know why we're here? Why you're here? Well, the rest of you don't, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because I want to know why I'm doing If I'm going to give my life to something, I want to know why. So here's why we're here. Now you see up here five different circles. And these circles each represent the level of a person's commitment to the local church. Now notice the outer circle is labeled community. The fourth circle is crowd. The third circle is congregation. Well, let me back up. The first circle is community. The second circle is crowd. The third circle is congregation. The fourth circle is committed, and the fifth circle is core. So we got community, crowd, congregation, commitment, and core. Again, these five words illustrate a person's journey. All the way from lost without Christ to being a mature man or woman of God, actively reaching others for Jesus. And I'm also going to show you what Jesus has to say to every person, to each person in these circles. Jesus has something unique to say to each one. Let's start with the first one. The first level is the far outer ring called community. The community represents the unchurched. It's the people who aren't here right now. It's people you know. It's your neighbors, your friends, your family, your in-laws, your boss, your co-workers, It is those that are in your orbit that I will never know, never be able to teach or reach, but you can. It is the community, the community of the unchurched. Now, let me show you something. Look at what Jesus said to his disciples just before ascending back to the Father. He said, don't go minister until I have poured out onto you the power of the Holy Spirit, because you can't really minister at all unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Now notice where he begins, in Jerusalem, and then in all Judea, and then further out in Samaria, 
and then way out to the ends of the earth. Notice he starts with Jerusalem, which is where they were standing right then. They were on the Mount of Olives. They were in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit, and the ministry is going to begin right here in Jerusalem where you are. But then it's going to spread. Then all of Judea, which was the surrounding region. Then to Samaria, which was further out. And then the rest of the world. So according to Jesus, watch this. When they had received the power of the Holy Spirit, the gospel was to spread in concentric circles outward. Like when you throw a large rock in a pond, it splashes, and then the waves go out and out and out and out all the way to the end of the pond. And that's exactly the way it happened. The Spirit fell in Jerusalem. And then they came under persecution, and they moved out into Judea and then Samaria. And then we find Paul telling us that we have reached the known ends of the earth. You know what's interesting to me? That's exactly the way it's happened here at Turning Point. For instance, we started out with our radio outreach on one station only, right here in our Jerusalem. We started right here in DFW. But then the door opened to go to America. Soup, the splash happened here, but then the door opened to go to America. And then it went from America into 102 countries in the world just a few weeks ago. The splash happened here, and then it moved out in concentric circles out to the rest of the world. And we're not near done. Not near done. So this outer ring represents all the surrounding people our church is trying to reach, primarily in Tarrant and Johnson County, which is our Jerusalem. As of a 2017 census, there are about 151,000 people in Johnson County alone, and around 2 million people in Tarrant County. Let me blow your mind with something. When, when I first came to Fort Worth, there were 1.3 million people in Tarrant County. Now there's almost 2 million. And I think it's very safe to assume most of them are unchurched. They're not plugged into a church. They're out there waiting to be reached. Come on, everybody. We're not in a church bubble. We're called to reach them. And we call it the community, the community, the community. So our first focus is reaching the people immediately around us. We want the people in Tarrant County. We want the people in Johnson County. We want to reach as many as we can in our own Jerusalem. But then notice, the second circle is the crowd. The crowd is represented by people who come to give you a listen. We call them guests. We've got some guests in here right now. I don't know who you are, but I'm guessing there's guests. And you've come to see what we're all about. And you're part of the crowd. We see this kind of crowd gathering to Jesus. It says in Matthew 13, 2, And great multitudes were gathered together to him. Notice, great multitudes gathered to hear him. So he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. A great multitude, the whole multitude. And they were not committed disciples. But they were interested in hearing what Jesus had to say. And here's what Jesus says to this level. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. See, we want to reach the community and get them to come in here 
and listen to what we have to say about Jesus. Or we want to go out there and tell them what Jesus said. We want them to give us a listen. Just give me a listen. And Jesus says to them, if you will listen to me, you're going to find out that I'm your way. And I'm your truth. And I'm your life. And anybody that comes to me is going to be transformed and receive eternal life. You must be born again. And there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And we want them to give us a listen. The community. I'd give anything if I could go on channel 4, 5, 8, 11, 13, CNN. Oh, I'd love to go on CNN. I wouldn't last long on CNN, but I'd love to go on CNN. MSNBC. Fox, I'd love to go on all of them and just say, let me tell you what Jesus said. Let me tell you what Jesus really said. That's what God's called us to do. Amen. We're not called to sit, soak, and sour and be in some religious church bubble. We're called to go out and influence our culture. And this is evangelism. It's the outreach I mentioned at the beginning. Inreach, outreach, upreach. But you see, when there's healthy inreach and we grow in the maturity of Jesus Christ, then there will be, by, by default, good outreach. But then there's a third circle. And notice this, congregation. Now here is where the originally uncommitted community member has come and heard the message of Jesus, has accepted him, and is now ready to become a part of the congregation as an attender. See, I just want to get the community to give us a listen and then start coming so their life can be changed. Amen? Not like the guy who pats me on the back every Easter and says, Pastor, you bless me every Easter. No, no, I want to do more than bless him every Easter. I want to pull him from the community into the crowd, into the congregation. Are you with me, church? And Jesus has a word of challenge to the person. This is the originally uncomm uncommitted community member, and now he said, you know what, I'm going to plug back into church, and I'm going to get back involved in church. And they begin to attend. But Jesus does not leave them where they are. Jesus says to them, all right, since you're here, let me tell you what the next level is. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples, disciples. You are my disciples indeed. If you accept my teaching and the teaching of the scriptures as your guide in life and you get serious about me and you make a commitment to me, then I'm calling you to be a disciple, a disciple, a committed follower of Jesus Christ each and every day. Not somebody, now watch this everyone, because here's what a lot of people do. We compartmentalize our faith. We say, well, on Sundays, I'm a Jesus-worshiping, jumping, shouting, amening Christian. But on Monday, you're going to be hard-pressed to figure out where I am really at. No, no, that's compartmentalizing your faith. If we compartmentalize Jesus, he will compartmentalize us. You can't compartmentalize Jesus because he says, give me all of you and I'll give you all of me. But if you give me a part of you, you're only going to discover a part of me. He says, now that you're mine, it's time to move forward in your faith and it's time to grow in your spiritual life becoming, uh, by becoming a disciple, 
a disciple. That means I get up every day and I say, Lord, it's your day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'm yours today and you are mine. What do you want me to do? Lord, guide me, lead me, bless me, clean me up. Lord, whatever you tell me to get rid of, it's going away. And whatever you tell me to let into my life, it's coming in. Lord, you are boss and I'm not. Discipleship. Now that you're mine, it's time to move forward in your faith. And that's the third call. That's the third level. He says to the congregation, let's be a disciple now. now. I want you to notice with each circle, we're getting closer to the core, which is God's purpose for us. And that brings me to the next circle, committed, committed. This circle represents those who have heard the words of Jesus. They have believed on him, and they're now ready for genuine discipleship. Now, let me tell you something about us and you or a local church and you. Here's the deal. Until this level of commitment happens in your life, until you say, I'm going to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ, I'm going to be a disciple, until that level of commitment happens, it's impossible for us as a church to fulfill God's call to raise you into being mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, and equipped to do the work of the ministry. We can't work with people who are half in and half out, partly there, partly not, one foot in, one foot out. Some of you are saying, well, I wish I'd stayed home today. <laughs> because this is kind of getting to me. He's starting to meddle now. I'm not meddling. The Word of God meddles. Let me, let me tell you the truth. The, the, the church today is plagued with people who say that they're Christians, but they don't walk it. They don't live it. It's just something they say. It's like, you know, if, if, you're, if you live in Dallas-Fort Worth, you're a Cowboys fan. If you live in America, you're a Christian. Let me tell you, it, you're not a Christian if Jesus is not Lord of your life. And, and, he, and, and he, gave, he gave the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher to equip the saints to do the work of ministry and then we might grow into maturity into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So if you're not plugged into church life, if you're just kind of out there, can I, can I tell you, first of all, I don't judge you. I don't condemn you. I love you. And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't tell you the truth. If you're kind of in, kind of out, kind of there, kind of not, you're lukewarm, you're not really committed. Uh, listen, you're what God can do in your life is limited when you're that way. It's when he gets all of you that he releases all of him. I'm just telling you the truth. And then we finally come to the fifth circle, core. After being reached as a member of the community out there, believing on Jesus as Savior, coming regularly as an attender, and committing to discipleship, the vision God has for every Christian is fulfilled in this core circle. And as I've already said today, it's inward and it's outward. Here's the inward again, that you grow mature in the Lord. You're not always offended about something. You're not always picking up your marbles and going home if things don't go your way. You forgive quickly instead of carrying grudges. We're not always having to change your spiritual diapers. But you're able to grow up into the Lord where we're just like anybody. Listen, uh, most parents, 
They, they, they raise their children from babies where everything is all about the baby. They got to change the diapers. The baby's always crying. Everything to that baby is all about that baby. But one day he grows up and the, and the dad says to him, you know what? You have grown up. You're responsible. I'm going to give you the keys to the car. God says, when you grow up, I'm going to give you the keys to the church. I'm going to let you drive. And so as we grow mature in the Lord, that's what's going to happen in the core and outward. We're equipped for works of service. And James said, your faith is made perfect by good works. Listen to what the Bible says about you in closing. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good works he planned for us long ago. Amen. Can you stand with me today? Now I want to look at this. Say it with me one more time. Community. That's who we're trying to reach. Come on, follow along with me. That's who we're trying to reach. Crowd. Congregation. Committed. Core. Now I want you to repeat this with me so we walk out of here fully understanding why Turning Point is here. Say with me, TPC's vision is to reach that community, draw them into the crowd, help them be part of the congregation, lead them into deeper commitment, finally into the core of spiritual growth and ministry. Isn't that so clear? That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Can we lift holy hands to the Lord today? Heavenly Father, we see the plan that God has for the local church. And Lord, whether we're out there in that community or crowd or congregation or amongst the committed or the core, Lord, I pray that all of us would end up in that very central core of life and growth and fruitfulness that God has called us to. And with our heads bowed a moment, I want to ask you, if you can say, Jeff, I'm in the community, but I'm interested enough to come in a little bit closer. I invite you to do it. If you've been visiting our church for a while, but you haven't really plugged in, I've shown you through the Word of God today that it's only in really plugging in that you begin to grow into maturity and you get equipped to do the work of ministry. And God brings you into that core. That core is God's purpose for all of us. Fruitful within, fruitful without. So would you pray about Whatever circle you're in, unless you're in the core, there's nowhere to go from there. But if you're in any of the other circles, would you pray about taking the next step into the next circle? And say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to this message. And I'm going to respond to truth. And I'm going to let God take me to the next level. Let me pray for you. Father, help us to move forward in God's purpose for us as a church. 
I pray for every person here that whatever circle represents where they are, unless it's the core, you will help them and grace them to take that step of faith and move in closer. 